Welcome to the Elephant on the Couch, where we're finally addressing what makes us uncomfortable. This is a judgment-free space designed to finally help the elephant in the room get on the couch and start the conversation. So join us. Let's get that elephant on the couch and let's get uncomfortable. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Elephant on the Couch. I'm your host, Tanya. And I am your co-host, Dulce. Welcome back. Are we, are we getting closer to the trimester? Yeah, we only have <laughs> one week left. Yay. And then we are going to be done with morning sickness. <laughs> and we're this finally... This is assuming that everyone goes through just morning sickness the first trimester. I've heard that some people go like the whole thing. I know. Poor people. Not me. It was just my first trimester. I lost like 30 pounds. It was ridiculous. Huh. So we're going to lose 30 pounds. <laughs> Let's go. Not every time that we meet, we have wine. Fingers crossed. <laughs> so welcome back. How are you doing? I am doing... This week has been a little more challenging. Some bumps in the road. I feel like it's a very back and forth, but that's that's reality. I feel like last week I was checking in. I was in a very good space. Yeah, you were like in mentally a happy, happy. Yeah, because yeah. we have, and I'm so happy and grateful we have two healthy babies in the family. But some other things come up and it just like throws a little curveball. curveball at you. But I mean, but we're doing, it's going good. I can't complain. I'm working on also not focusing on the negative so much and trying to still stay with the server linings and with the positivity. So um, a little more challenging, but still okay. Of course, I'm not going to complain. How okay. are you doing? I am in a better space than last week. I actually started running again. Just so you guys know, I freaking hate running with a passion. I can weight lift all day, every day, but you put me to run and I feel like I'm dying. But... Especially in this weather. Yes. Mm -hmm. But no gyms are open right now mm -hmm. and it's really affecting my mental health that i am not running and so i mean doing any physical activity yeah so at this point i'm just deciding to take an l and run because that's something better than nothing and i'm doing some like workouts while i'm there but it's not the same obviously no. as a gym like i'm done with three push-ups the end that was my <laughs> arm workout <laughs> No, but um, I, I think I'm doing better because I'm taking the steps to feel better and do better and get emotionally and mentally in a better space. Uh, Saturday, I have my first appointment with my therapist. What? Woo so I I know I've, I, we've mentioned before about um, therapy being expensive. And so I just did my research and I was finally able to find something affordable. And that I felt comfy yep. with. And so I am ready to take on this journey. So, mm -hmm. And that, that that's good timing for people. Let's just throw that out there. Right now, there's a lot of telemed options for people. Because Which of, is cheaper. Yeah, because of COVID, I think telemed brings that opportunity to introduce that idea of therapy. It is more affordable. There is a ton of different options out there do your research but maybe things are challenging right now but maybe this is the time to introduce that if the whole going to someone's office and sitting down in a space or having someone come to your home sounds like a little too much maybe this is a good opportunity to like get the telemetry dip your toes in the water is that the saying i don't know i keep thinking of the country song 
I got my toes in the water. I mean, we were just talking about how she does it. She always messes up the song, so (laughs) I wouldn't go off of that reference. (laughs) So, what are we? What are we talking about today? So today we're gonna close that beautiful sandwich that we started last week of relationships. Last week we talked about if you didn't listen last week, which that's squishy, you should. Uh, We talked about (laughs) red squishy. It's a Nemo reference, right? I think it's Nemo. A little squishy. Bad squishy. Bad squishy. Bad squishy. Yeah. So I learned probably this concept somewhere along the way in my journey of mental health. But it's about when you address certain things, it's like a sandwich, right? You open up with something positive and then you give the feedback and then you end up on a positive note. That's the whole idea of a sandwich, right? Hey, Dulce. I appreciate you coming to see me today. And then you go ham. And then give it to them. And then be like, but you're a great worker. (laughs) And I really appreciate your effort. And I look forward to seeing you grow. Right? So that's a sandwich. Sometimes you get a bruschetta because you just get the feedback and bye, Felicia. But we wanted to close the sandwich right now with some positivity. And so we give you the red flags. This is what to look for in a relationship. But then what? So we thought we would want to cover probably the opposite of that, which is healthy relationships or green flags, if you want to call it that. But what is the opposite of what we talked about last week? Which would be a healthy healthy relationship. A healthy relationship. Why? I think um, the purpose of the elephant on the couch is to really bring taboo subjects to the light. And one of the discussions that we had is that um actually healthy relationships is not really something that people talk about it's not really the norm it's like it's like a conversation that your parents I don't know at least in my experience and and the experience that I've been in mental health is like something that your parents sort of talk about like look you see how I brought your mom some flowers that's a healthy relationship and that's it like there's not really yeah there's not really like a conversation about healthy dialogue, communication, problem solving, like all these different positive things. I mean, for families that are very healthy, more power to you for being able to have that as an example. But I think for majority of the time, uh, unhealthy is the norm. Right. And I think the focus tends to be like when I'm having relationship problems, That's when I reach out to my support system, to my friends, my therapist, whoever, right, to talk about it. So typically we do bring more light to the problems and the negative side. I don't ever come to Dulce and be like, guess what an amazing date we had yesterday, me and my significant other, right? Like, because, exactly because of what you said, it comes off as as like braggish and one-upper and like, you don't like, like... I don't want to talk about how amazing my relationship is going when I know that what if she's not going through the same and what if I'm going to plant seeds in her to like self-doubt and questioning her own relationship. So we tend to not do a whole lot of that. And again, we get into that mentality that always talking about the negativity and the red flags and oh my God, he's being an asshole to me and let's cry it out together, which nothing wrong with that. But we're talking about how we get into the habit of only paying attention to the negative. And I think there's also this stereotype that like having a healthy relationship is boring Mm -hmm. or like it's very like meh, like, oh, you kind of have to get into your 40s to get there. Like who, (laughs) you know, like um, the spark. Yeah. Like I I want a bad boy. (laughs) 
Like, there's, there's just this, like, stereotype that if you have a healthy relationship, it's just, like, bland. And, and that's not necessarily the case. I think we're shifting as a culture. I think we're getting to a space where I don't, I don't want to say that it's the same as 10 years ago where right. unhealthy was the norm. I feel like we're shifting towards healthy uh, more and more that we become woke as a society. <laughs> um, but I, I definitely think I've, I've, I still hear to this day like, oh, having that type of stability is like boring or annoying or bland. Mm -hmm. you know so i think there's even like to a certain extent a fear of having that stability it's kind of like when you come from an unhealthy background or when you come from a culture in which your family or your loved ones created some sort of chaos and that's the norm like being stable is not really a comfortable space Mm -hmm. yeah Um, sometimes we we might unconsciously be creating that noise and chaos around us because the peace and the quiet and the calm that comes with things being quote-unquote normal can be scary because it's more like an individual thing at that point that I can be quiet because then my head gets too loud and whatever I'm dealing with my demons inside get way too loud and that's uncomfortable, so let me stir up the pot a little bit over well, here. Well, and I think it also brings some sort of validation um, when you argue, when you get mad, when you talk bad, or when you yell, you have a form of release of like, yeah, you fucked up and I'm this victim, or you fucked up and now I'm this abuser, and then your partner might give you something like, well, you fucked up, and da 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 and then... After after that really high point or that um, conflict, there comes like the release, right? And so you get calm. And then once you both get calm, it's kind of, well, I can't live without you. I can't either. Let's not yell again. And, you know, there comes like this pattern of we're going to be okay. You fall back into the honeymoon phase and it could happen within the same day. And it just validates like, oh, I'm needed. I'm wanted. This person worries about me because I got angry and they respond to it, Mm. right? Like you get that validation at the end of the day after you had your explosion of, oh, this person's really worried about me leaving. Mm -hmm. This person is really worried about being being without me, Mm -hmm. you know? And that makes me feel like I'm needed and that I'm wanted. And so I get some sort of validation. Right. And that's why we tend to focus on that and pay more attention to that. And, and I wonder if subconsciously, to an extent, maybe we are looking for the reasons to end something, right? Like the reason why we don't talk about this um, positivity and the healthy things is because we, kept, we keep paying attention to the negative because that's what we are needing to reinforce whatever we're dealing with. Whatever our insecurities are. Right. Or maybe yeah. you're on the verge. Like you're already ready to walk away one foot out the door in the relationship and you just keep paying attention. you're afraid of commitment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, there can be a lot of that. And I mean, realistically speaking too, as, as beings, we are wired to look for danger, right? Like biologically, our brains tend to pay attention to the negative because they're doing their job to keep us alive, right? So they're going to be right. looking for those like threats. Right. So even in relationships, we are 
for by nature looking at threats, looking at the negativity because we're designed to survive. Well, and I think right now with Tinder and Instagram mm. and Facebook and all these possibilities at the tip of your fingers, yeah, it's very easy to not want to be in a stable, healthy relationship You're because like, I can get me another one tomorrow, right? In the next five minutes, I swipe right in. Or while you're having a tough time with your significant other, that could be somebody whispering in your ear how beautiful you are. By. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, do you do you think feel believe believe <laughs> that? Do you believe um, that there's a perfect match out there? Like we all have this other person that was meant for us, like. I don't know, I'm super gonna romanticize this, but like you were born. Destined. And at the same time, God had someone for you. And -hmm. you were supposed to meet on October 3rd. (laughs) What is the day from from, from, uh, Mean Girls? I think it is October 3rd. (laughs) And on October 3rd, he asked me, what day is it? (laughs) It's October 3rd. (laughs) And what days we wear pink. But I don't know. Mm. That's a good answer. Uh, uh, it's like the whole like when and that's a whole nother conversation, but like everything happens for a reason. That that area, that arena of like <laughs> destiny and she's doing a really weird thing. You're, you're 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 predisposed already for whatever was written by whatever higher power you believe in. Part of me does to an extent, like somehow my choices, a set of choices in my life led me to be in front of this person at this given time and with this given circumstances that we're both in. I don't know. It's my better half or my media naranja in Spanish. I don't know. But the therapist in me believes that relationships take work Things are not just magically going to fall into place and this is the yin to your yang and you guys are complimenting each other. Yes, but they also come with work and commitment and all the beautiful things that it takes. I think I do believe in having a love of your life. Like I do think that there is a person out there that has the potential to be that. I don't know. But <laughs> I I also believe that love is a choice. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I think that there are people that come into your life that literally serve no other purpose but to teach you a lesson and that's it. Mm-hmm. And then there's certain individuals that have the potential to be the love of your life, but they just aren't. And when I say that, is because they choose not to be. You know what I mean? Like, Do I, they choose? or Because then, then we go back to like, is it meant to be? Are they willingly, consciously choosing like, nah, I'm her love of her life, but eh, here's my wall. I'm yeah, not going to let you. I think so. Because there's, you know, there's stories of couples that like, the whoever he or she were like, no, I'm not ready for this. It's not happening. And they block each other off. Years go by. And then they reunite when they're at a different level. And then they make it work and they're happily forever after. I I think that there's definitely some sort of, like, connection that's like, mm. oh, man. Like, I connect with you in a manner that I don't connect with anybody else. Right. And then there's people that don't end up with that person. Right. Like, I, I've, right. Heard, I've heard stories of people that say, like, 
I dated the love of my life back in college, but then I married Spencer over here, right? Spencer. <laughs> what is that to be Spencer? I always <laughs> quote Spencer. I don't know any Spencers. It's the store. Spencers. Oh, maybe that's why. That's but, what it is. But you know what I mean? That. That, that whole concept of like, yes, there was a person that was the love of my life, but I didn't end up with him or her. Yeah, I don't necessarily think that the love of your life means that's the person you're going to marry. That you're gonna and that you're going to end up with forever and ever. I don't know. I mean, it, it, it comes down to very individual perspectives and beliefs yeah. and values, right? Because love for you could be a whole other thing than it is for me and in a different I, culture and in a different whatever. So yeah. love is one of those concepts that it's very complex. But let's not take away the fact that the brain requires attachment in order to continue developing appropriately. Right. So I think that love is definitely a basic need for humans. Like when we think at like the hierarchy of needs, and I'm not going to go completely nerdy on it, but if you guys are interested, look up Maslow's hierarchy of need. Like, he talks about basic needs being, like, food, water, shelter. Right. I think love is on that bottom tier. Not according to Maslow. According to me, Dulce, therapist. <laughs> I was going to say, mm, I've looked at that. <laughs> I, Pyramid. I, I, I really do believe that love is one of those basic needs. Isn't it and one of the others, though, the connection? Brain. Yeah. It, sense of belonging? Yeah, I think it's the second or the third tier. Mm-hmm. But I... I I think now what we've been doing a lot of research, we come in more into more. Like people can actually die from the lack of attachment. You right. will create. Well, safety, such a, safety mm-hmm. is in there. Safety is on the bottom tier of the pyramid for Maslow. Mm-hmm. So safety could be argued that it's a, a safety blanket with attachment with your caregiver, with and now later in life in relationships. Right. I I do think that attachment is necessary, and love doesn't have to come from a partner. Mm-hmm. I think it can come from your mother, exactly. from mm-hmm. your kids, from your nephews, 100%. from your... Yeah, because there's people that never get married, never have a significant other, and they're happy, and they find that secure attachment and love and friendships, whatever, with friends, with work, with their career, with whatever passion. It's a whole different thing, because people that say, like, yeah, like... I think Lady Gaga, actually, which I'm a little monster, but she quoted something, or or they were using her, I don't know if she ever said it, but something about, like... Your career will never wake up and tell you that she doesn't love you anymore one day. Which I'm like, mm, uh, yes, well, but then no. But you're an artist and eventually your career will tell you that you're too old. <laughs> that we don't need to that. listen to you, Lady Gaga, anymore. <laughs> Anyways, but the, I, I, I don't know. I really do have a huge belief against the perfect match. That I do. I do think that there's a love in your life. Yeah. I do think that there's the one. But there's definitely the whole idea of like Cinderella. I met him at a dance and he took my shoe. <laughs> and then we got married and lived happily ever after. Makes yeah. me want to barf. No, so it really does make me want to barf that you have this idea that you're going to meet Prince Charming and then you guys just yeah. match and have sex and then everything's perfect. And I wonder if we just haven't had that experience. Maybe somebody out there listening had this magical, extraterrestrial, extra terrestrial. deeper soul connection with somebody. <laughs> Area Alien. 51. An Area 51 connection. Make that a thing, please. <laughs> Find yourself your Area 51 kind of love. Um... <laughs> But I wonder if that's what it is, that maybe we just haven't had that type of connection with somebody. So here we are talking again. We, all, we often talk about perspective and whatnot, but this is 
I I agree with you there. Like I uh, I don't know. I'm skep skeptical about that idea that there is someone out there that is just made I for think, me. I think a lot of the the flaws with thinking of the quote unquote perfect match is that you have this preconceived notion of what your perfect match should be like. Right. So you have this like list of things and I and I was young before and I had that list of things. He was supposed to be tall. He was supposed to be smart. He was supposed to be funny and dress really nicely and blah, 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 blah. Like just all these unrealistic expectations. And when I mean unrealistic, I don't mean that there's no man out there that meets these expectations. Right. What I mean by unrealistic is that that's not realistic for me. I don't wake up at five in the morning every day and do my hair and do my makeup and iron my clothes and look on point every day. That's not me. I really don't give two fucks about the way I look 75% mm -hmm. of the time. There are times that I do go all out and I look hella fly, <laughs> but that's not the norm. So who am I to sit here and expect my significant other to mm. bring that to the table when that's not even something that's in my realm? Right. So I, I think like when we really sit there and think about what you want, what you really, really want, what you really, what you really, really want, what do we want, what do we want? <laughs> right? when you have like a list of wants, you really shut down potential needs. Yeah, because we were talking about that. If having a laundry grocery list of what you're looking for in a partner is setting yourself up to fail and to never be fully happy because if you have this idea in your head of what you're looking for or what you have imagined as your prince or princess charming or queen then is it is anybody ever going to 100 like we were saying last episode the 80 20 rule is anyone ever going to bring 100 of that list and if not then are you always going to be chasing that that's that's why part of me was like and thinking like, are we setting ourselves up to fail by having this set of expectations rules, expectations so let's talk about that what's the difference between expectations versus standards when you're dating yeah i think when i when i was in college a lot of my friends from college had like really high standards and i remember having conversations with them about like bringing these standards to the table and mean been like men being like yeah right like mm -hmm. you're never gonna get that but i think like when we think standards we really got to think about the set of groundwork that you're looking at. Like when you think of a standard, let's think of a company and you have a standard of excellence. It doesn't mean that the floor of the company is clean every day. That's not what it means. Mm -hmm. It means excellence can mean quality. It can mean customer service. It can like, it's such a general term that it can be applied in a different manner, whatever quality might entail for the person, right? right? So if you have a standard of humanity, if you have a standard of kindness, if you have a standard of excellence, then that's your standard, you know what I mean? But you're not sitting there specifically coming up with the list of expectations for the person. Mm -hmm. right? So expectations are more than your ideas and opinions of what you think you want in a partner, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of what we were saying last week about the toxicity and your unmet needs from childhood and upbringing and whatnot. With expectations, you're looking to fulfill whatever you're lacking from that unmet need versus 
standard is what you need from your partner in a factual, realistic way. So expectations are ideas, opinions of what you think you want versus standards being factual. This is what I need. And this is where, yes, I'm willing to compromise because we said the relationships do take work and communication and compromise. But to an extent only because I there's no it's pretty black and white that I need you to treat me with respect, with respect. Right. And I need you to be a freaking human person Mm -hmm. decency like basics right so that's more like standard right Right. kindness respect Mm -hmm. right and versus expectations is like i need him to make like half a million a year the three six rule what is it six six? figures over six feet over six inches (laughs) (laughs) i can't believe you've never heard you guys heard of that? Let me know if I'm alone <laughs> in this little boat kind of not knowing what the 3-6 rule is. Well, now you know. But honey, now, now you know. Like, oh, yes, says. <laughs> Let me reassess my standards. Okay. No, but that's not standards, guys. That's expectation. Right. That's expectation. That's an expectation. Mm-hmm. A standard. And, and I, I had to bring myself into that conversation and really, uh, I create, I did this exercise with a the therapist, a friend of mine, actually. Um, and we did a list of the wants that I had. The what do things, you want? In what your did I want? What did I want in my partner? Uh-huh. Okay. So I made a list. And then I made a list of what I bring to the table. So what are my own oh. Right. And then my needs. And my needs were very different than my wants. So sometimes we don't acknowledge what we need. Mm. And we keep looking for these wants and these wants are not gonna fulfill us mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. And I would even, like, add another layer to your T-chart, to your three. My three columns. A fourth column over here, Miss Extra. But, like, what are you willing to compromise to on? Comp- or or to, to, to work on, to compromise, to give in, to not. And, and to be completely honest with you guys, like, if you're in a committed relationship, you are constantly compromising. Right. I think I have a video of a very famous actress. I don't remember her name, but she says... Compromise? No. Whoever's going to fall in love is going to fall in love with me. For me. The arrogance. (laughs) I know, right? And I think I like posted it at some times. Remember, I'm toxic. I posted it like three times, actually. If he doesn't love me at my worst, he doesn't serve me at my best. (laughs) But circling it back, Uh I think we really have to bring the point back to, I just said back twice. Mm Mm-hmm. Compromise. Compromise is such a key piece to a healthy relationship. And I think you're not going to be able to compromise if you're insecure. Like, as you come into a relationship, and I'm not saying that you have to be secure to be deserving of a relationship. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that um, you really need to work on yourself to get to a level where you're comfortable with compromise. Getting some sort of criticism thrown at you because of X, Y, and Z, that behavior or attitude that you take, doesn't mean that you're less of a person or you're loved less. Mm-hmm. You, you really have to come in with this like self-love, self-happiness, self-control, self-confidence, um, saying, you know what, you're right, I, I did fuck up, mm-hmm. and I should be looking at this in a different manner. Right. 
Yeah, and we were talking about that last week. We mentioned how the 80, when we were talking about the 80-20 rule and how sometimes you are responsible for your own happiness, right? We cannot expect our partner to make us happy and to be fulfilling those needs that were not meant met along the way or however we were damaged in our previous relationships. That That's up to us and that confidence that you're talking about and that really stable place, mm-hmm, emotionally, mentally, everything that you can hold your own and you don't need the other person. It's nice, right? But if that compromise that you're talking about and that flexibility, it's really hard to do when you yourself are struggling. Yeah, I think specifically when you deal with conflict and your significant other is at a place where they're mad or sad or annoyed or whatever the emotion might be and you kind of have this like dire need of trying to help it or Mm. trying to work it out or be the hero yeah (laughs) right let's make it personal but (laughs) but like for me i i said it various times before in this podcast i'm toxic i know it i acknowledge it and there was a period of time in my life where i was very codependent so if my significant other was upset or mad or sad i was like what's wrong what's wrong tell me what's wrong i need to fix it i'm gonna fix it now it's gonna be fixed Mm -hmm. and the reality is like half of the time people get mad and it's freaking normal right Mm -hmm. You can just let them be mad, and then once they're cool off, you just bring back the subject again, and then they're going to be like, all right, I was just being petty, and that's it, Mm -hmm. you know? So part of, like, understanding that codependency is acknowledging that people are going to be mad at you, and they might not like the way that you come at them, they might not like what you're doing, and that's okay, but once, later on, I mean, the way I see it is people have three choices. Number one, you give them space, they get over it, everything goes back to normal. Number two, they're going to bring it up and talk to you about it. And number three, they can leave. Those are the only options. You hear that, guys? If you're not talking to me about it, you're either going to get over it or you're going to leave. And if your choice is to leave, then what the fuck are we doing together? Right. You know, mm. um, so I think like allowing people to have the space to cool off, allowing people to just kind of think things through on their own um, really kind of brings this sense of I don't need you, but I want you. So right. once you're ready to talk about this, I'm here mm-hmm. way healthier than what's wrong. What's wrong? Tell me mm-hmm. what's wrong. I gotta, yeah. gotta deal with it. Like that really brings a lot of like pressure to mm-hmm. emotion in the relationship and and if you're comfortable with yourself, you know damn well what you bring to the pay- table. So you know that person is going to choose to stay with you. if Right. And it's a very fine line because we're talking, give the person space. And also, like, you talking about that is, like, I'm thinking in my head, like, the level of arrogance to individually to think that my partner's happiness depends on me and I can make them happy. Like, that's, like ballsy of me to think that I have that much power like come on Tanya no no, you don't not even as a therapist like we we can't make our clients feel better right like you hear them you validate you do all that wonderful stuff but you can't take away the actual emotion out of them right so even with your partner if they're upset if they're mad if they're angry whatever you can't we're not that powerful right so that's why I'm saying like the arrogance to feel like oh let me fix it for you like chill out like you're not that powerful right um right so that piece 
and also and even if you have that expectation of your partner it says something about yourself right like if you're sitting there and you're like expecting your partner to fix things to make it better for you to make it better for you says something about the self-confidence that you have mm -hmm. and there might be some work to be done there right that you you need them to rescue you all the time like hey i don't feel good make me feel better right uh, and, and a lot even, of that of power yeah and resentment will definitely put you in that ugly space mm -hmm. right of like you broke this you did this you did that now go fix it mm -hmm. go and make it perfect the way it was before <laughs> and the reality is ugh, you can't yeah. really fix something that was already broken mm -hmm. yeah that you kind of have to move forward from it keyword and, it was already broken mm -hmm. right That's not your partner responsibility. But I did want to go back to those three points that you made, the three options, like whether they talk to you and they solve it, they take their time, or they walk away from the relationship, right? Because in my head, like a little bubble is going off of like making sure that we're mindful that Yes, you're giving them space and whatnot, but maybe the area where we keep talking about how relationships take communication and work at the beginning and compromise and whatnot and that wonderful dance that we were talking about last week, maybe at the beginning stages of the relationship while you figure out the communication patterns, you have to be the one bringing it up. Like, hey, like let's talk about it. But because if your partner is not used to it, right? And, and is it that they walked away, like your number three, option C on your um, dynamic, on your example, oh, that, that's their option, and they chose to walk away. Well, did they willingly choose to walk away from their relationship, or is it something that they've never been, and again, not your responsibility, but bringing that awareness to them, like, listen, well, like, you can talk to me. And sometimes walking away brings clarity. Right. You know, sometimes walking away from the relationship brings this new sense of, okay, how did I fuck up? Mm -hmm. Because it's really easy to get caught up in what's going on when you're inside of it and not noticing 100%. that it's happening because right. you're inside of it. But once you take a step back to go and take a chill pill and maybe step out of the relationship, and when I mean step out, I don't mean go and get a divorce and then get remarried. <laughs> it might take like a week of, I don't know, going to a cabin on your own for a day or two or... Mm -hmm. You know, going and staying with a friend or staying with your mom. I mean, I don't know. But that time away really makes you sit down and be like, oh, shit, I was really engaging in this. Oh, shit, this is what something that was happening, you know. And and really holding on to those support systems really bring a different perspective to it. Mm -hmm. Walking away doesn't necessarily mean we're done forever. It right. could. I'm not saying break up and make up every other month. That's very unhealthy. Don't, please. <laughs> What I'm saying is, if really push comes to shoves, and you're kind of getting stuck in this whirlwind of, I don't know what the fuck is going on, and you're talking about it, and it's not getting better, right. and you decide to walk away, Bingo. because that's the one thing that's pushing you, mm -hmm. maybe walking away is what you need to bring you that clarity, to kind of regroup yourself, right. and come back and say, all right, I'm ready to set these boundaries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. So for ABC, those are the options, right? But... And I agree with you, like, at the beginning, it's going to take a little bit of that. But if you find yourself, like, what's the... Constantly going Yeah, constantly being the one chasing and opening the conversation, and the partner is not willing to put in that work that we're talking about. Walking away might be the right choice. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that's the only choice you have. But it's definitely... Right. So, let's take away the possibility of walking away, and let's really talk about... What does it look like to fight in a healthy manner? 
Right. Healthy conflict resolution. Yes. And that's the appropriate word. If you guys find yourself arguing, fighting, manipulating, that's not healthy. Mm-hmm. It has to be a conflict resolution. It means that there's some form of conflict, like going back and forth a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just enough to get our message across. Right. But there's a resolution after the fact. Mm-hmm. Right. So what are what are some tips that we can give our listeners for positive or healthy conflict resolution? So I think the, the one of the biggest one and the one the not the most but a very huge one is to sixty percent of it. Yeah. Like, what is your intent coming into this conversation? Individually, I'm talking right. If you have something in your partner that you need to, you feel needs to be addressed and. It has to happen and it's something that's bothering you. You have to really slow down and think about why, what's my intent here? Why am I going to my partner? Am I going just for the sake of arguing and making my point across and belittling him or her and letting her or him know that I'm the one that's right and I just want to release this nastiness and emotions that I have inside of me and be hella toxic while I'm doing it? Or is it me coming at this conversation with the intent of making things work and finding some sort of solution if you're coming at this just for the sake of arguing and making your point then it's not going to be a healthy conflict resolution and i think people have this this idea that because i'm not cursing because i'm not yelling because i'm not calling you names i'm being respectful and the reality is if your intent is to hurt you will hurt in a very effective manner. Passive-aggressive. <laughs> like, yeah, like you can... And I'm not even going to say passive-aggressive because passive-aggressive is indirect. Mm-hmm. But you can be very direct direct and assertive and hurtful. If you're not using tools to soften your blows, honesty without tactfulness is just being mean. Mm-hmm. Period. So you might be right all the time. You might be saying the truth. But if you're not soften, softening the blow, if you're not making sure that you're using tactfulness, you're just being nasty. Even if you're not necessarily being an asshole about it. You know? And so it's very important that you take accountability in the fact that sometimes when you're having these emotions or going through whatever, you're not your message is not going to come across with a conflict resolution mindset it's right. more of a blaming yeah exactly cuz you did it yeah it boils down to the intent right right if if what letting your point across and which i mean yeah you are entitled to have your emotions acknowledged and if an apology is needed then you're entitled to that however it's it goes back to that question like all right am i trying to come up with the solution for this problem and help my partner understand how to better approach the situation in the future and why this is hurtful to me and how can we better understand each other and move on from this or am I just trying to make him feel like shit because he made me feel like shit right mm-hmm. right and I think that's the big bucks I think um a, a, a sign that you are not listening or that you are not in a space to problem solve is your patience your ability to allow them to speak. Oh, yes. That's a big one. If they're saying something and you're just jumping in and be like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that no is not necessarily cursing someone out, right? But if you're in the middle of a sentence and there's like, no, 
No, no, no, no, no. Or but. No, but, but, but. Estrella mm -hmm. does that. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, see, I just did it. Mm -hmm. It's about being patient. If you're able to just shut up and listen, it's really going to help the flow of this conflict resolution. Because mm -hmm. now you're listening to listen right. and understand rather than mm -hmm. you're listening. listening. You're listening with intent to problem solve. That's the thing. Like, you have to be intentional about even listening to what your partner has to say. Because if you're like listening and you're quiet, you're not listening, you're hearing them, but you're not listening to what the message is, you're just getting ready to respond and throw your like point at them, right? It's just like this ping pong of ideas and nothing is getting solved. The same thing goes with saying sorry. Like if you're saying sorry, but you're not really understanding that you're just saying sorry to like calm the fire down, mm. you don't actually mean it. Right, and you don't understand why you're saying sorry. That's just manipulation. I'm mm -hmm. letting you know right now. Saying sorry without any action that follows up with that sorry is just manipulation. Mm -hmm. You're just telling your partner, you, I don't want you to leave. Therefore, I'm going to tell you what you want to hear. But I'm going to continue being an asshole and deal with it. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. manipulation. Mm -hmm. Point blank. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. So it, it's really, again, going back to that intent. You have to. 60% is intent. 35% of it is ability to compromise, mm -hmm. willingness to compromise, right? willingness to take a nail, shut the fuck up and say, I'm going to do different next time. Mm -hmm. Let me, let me see. What is it that you need from me? How being, will you react in that manner? Yeah. And being respectful of your partner's boundaries too, right? Because not only when we were talking about earlier about how like, oh, tell me why, 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 but why? Let me fix it. Let me make you feel better. First of all, we're not that powerful, like we said, but also we're not respecting, we're not giving them the time and space that they need to cool off to make this a more healthy, successful conversation. We're just like pushing buttons and pushing buttons nonstop, right? And that's a boundary issue. According to research, it takes an average of 20 <laughs> minutes to cool off. Yeah. And, and as therapists, especially with therapists that work with children, mm -hmm. we usually give the feedback, let them throw a tantrum. Yeah. Let them get over the tantrum. <laughs> And then come and talk to the child. Because if you try to talk to them when they're throwing a tantrum, it's they, not going anywhere. When, so we have the downstairs and upstairs brain. Downstairs is your emotional brain, your survival brain, your reactive brain. Upstairs is where you think, where you do pros and cons, decision making, healthy conflict resolution. And when someone is upset... They're in their downstairs. We all are downstairs. Deep down like in the basement. The basement <laughs> of the brain. The basement. We're worried about fear, survival. We're like defense, like fight, flight mode. We're not listening. So give them their 20 minutes to cool off, to chill out, respect that. And then they'll go upstairs and then they'll be able to have that conversation with and you. And sometimes even being physically present with the person right there is triggering. Yeah. So... Those 20 minutes sometimes have to be the person taking a shower, person taking a drive, person reading a book. I mean, it could pretty much be anything. But And don't set a timer like they say 20 minutes. <laughs> All right, let's talk. Uh, well, the more the brain learns how to regulate, the less time it takes for right. them to regulate. So mm -hmm. the first tantrums that we experience with kids are usually anywhere from 40 minutes mm -hmm. to an hour and a half. I'm not kidding you. Because the kids are so used to getting that attention when they're throwing their tantrum. 
and after a while that the parent continues to deal with their tantrums mm-hmm. in an effective manner and give them that attachment simultaneously, like when you're done with your tantrum, come and talk to me. Mm-hmm. Love you. Bye. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is the brain starts getting restructured and it usually takes about a month or two to lower them to 20 minutes. Right. To get like to when we point. have a tantrum for 20 minutes, it's like, oh, win. we did our job as therapists. <laughs> <laughs> so. Just so you guys know, it just depends a lot on the person. It could even take an entire night for them to cool off. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, I think uh, I want to give you guys a little inside therapist uh, tool. I statements are a motherfucker. Like, <laughs> if you guys want to get a little bit ahead of the game when it comes to talking to your partners, really using the verbiage of I feel this way mm-hmm. and I, why is why are i statements so because it doesn't good. put the blame on you Bingo. i'm not saying you did this you did that mm-hmm. you did that and i think like when it comes to partners that are probably not so used to being held accountable i'm gonna say that to provide grace um mm. there are people that are just not used to taking an l right that doesn't mean that they're toxic doesn't mean that they're assholes it just means that that's just the way it was it never works. brought up to their attention. Right. Like they're able to be successful in life without having to take an L like that. And and so it's very important that you really point out the behavior and then you say how that affects you personally. I'm going to do it in a healthy manner. When you use words like ugly or when you use words like being too skinny, I'll say that because that's kind of up in the air. I feel like you're diminishing the fact that I'm a curvy person. I feel like you're not sexually attractive to me because you're making highlights about my body. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm using I statements. Like, this behavior that you're doing has an effect on me. Mm-hmm. And so once you start connecting the behavior to your emotional response, then you start seeing light bulbs because you're like, oh, shit. If you're in a healthy relationship, the person is going to say, like, well, I don't want my partner to feel unwanted. Mm-hmm. I don't want my partner to feel like X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And then you can start the conversation. Because it's very likely that you're going to hear your partner say, well, I nev- it was not my intent to make you feel like that. Right. I was saying it because it was funny. Or I was doing this because it was blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Right? And typically, like, a statement like that, right? And we're using that example, but... The fuck that whatever was it triggered that response on you, it typically is an individual situation. Yeah, granted, this person is not being the most helpful by bringing up your insecurities and whatnot, right? But it's the moment you use the I statements, you take also ownership on your own, of your own deficits and things that you're working on, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel X blank when X happens, right? Instead of... You make me feel like I'm the ugliest woman in the world, right? <laughs> like, you, you, you. You're putting your own insecurities on them. I'm you're giving person. them the power mm-hmm. to make you feel that way, too. Mm-hmm. So, for that healthy conflict resolution fighting one-on-one, I statements can be really helpful in bringing awareness to how whatever your partner's doing is making you feel some type of way. Right. And you can always bring it back to that standard. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I see you as a kind woman. (laughs) I expect you, you know, not I expect you, but because I think you're a kind woman, 
I know that you really don't want to do that to me. That's why I'm bringing it up to your mm -hmm. attention, right? Yeah. Like, it's really bringing back up what it is that we believe. Anyways, so what we wanted to review real quick, the wheel of equality. Eventually, at some point in time, we're going to talk about the wheel of power and control when mm -hmm. we have our domestic violence episode. Dun, dun, dun. Not anytime soon. Don't get yeah. your hopes up. Um, but, and like I always say, I feel, again, I do the disclaimer. All of these things could potentially be a whole ass episode on their own, right? This wheel of equality, what we talked about, like healthy, healthy communication, conflict, how yeah. to fighting one-on-one, like each one of them can be a whole episode by themselves. And if you guys do want to listen to more in depth about things specifically, let us know. And We're we can open make a whole that. episode because we'd like to talk, obviously. Clearly. Um, but uh, the equality wheel is actually the opposite of the wheel of power and control. So mm -hmm. look it up if you guys want more information. The healthy. Um, yeah. The equality wheel is kind of like the basis of a healthy relationship, and we're just going to kind of go breeze through them real quick. Mm -hmm. um, I'll do one, you do one. Sure. Um, so one of the things of uh, the equality wheel is open communication, so being able to express your feelings, opinions, express who you are as a person in general, and then knowing that it's okay to disagree. So that whole walking on eggshells is not really there. Mm -hmm. You're just kind of being able to say, now I'm not saying be rude and they just have to handle it. That's not what I'm saying. Open communication means I'm able to express something that I disliked and my partner can be okay with listening to that. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be afraid of the reaction. Okay. The next piece is intimacy which is respecting your partner's boundaries, right? If they say no to something, if they need their space, if they need their time for autonomy, respecting that, um, their privacy too, right? Like we talked about social media and the control in that and don't post that and who you're talking to. You gotta, it's a very fine line that we're walking on here, like versus like their intimacy, their privacy versus your own crap and your insecurities not pressuring them to do things that they don't want to do, being faithful even falls into that category, right? Because it's that connection and deeper intimacy. And so by you being faithful and trustworthy, you're fulfilling that role of the healthy intimacy in a relationship. Yeah, and intimacy doesn't necessarily mean sex. Right. It can mean watching movies together, Right. you know? Um, physical affection is one of my favorite ones because physical touch is one of my love languages. Um, it can be holding hands, it could be hugging, it could be kissing, it could be blowing kisses at each other. It could be, um, really holding your partner's shoulder, it could be massaging each other, each other. Um, I think part of that physical, um, affection also falls into the respecting of boundaries. Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 Um, because it doesn't necessarily, when I'm mad, don't fucking touch me. Mm -hmm. Like, don't fucking touch me. The same way when I'm happy, I'm going to hug you and smell mm -hmm. you and be all over you. But when I'm mad, like, that needs to not be in there. So, um, physical affection is also the respecting of your space. Of their boundaries. Of their boundaries. Mm -hmm. um, and, and one of the big ones with physical affection, like, it's different for everybody. Uh, in some relationship, it's okay to touch each other whenever, however, and it's funny and fine. But there's other relationships that are just not okay with that. And so... PDA. Yeah. I, you have to be very careful about how comfortable your partner feels. And so if your partner says, like, I really don't like you grabbing my face when you kiss me. Mm -hmm. 
being respectful of those boundaries, I think. Right. Um, then there's fairness and negotiation, which is the flexibility and compromise that we've been talking about this whole episode, pretty much being willing to compromise, working a solu- working and finding a solution that fits both of our needs. Not only me, it has to be very 50-50, not only like Tanya 70%, Dulce 30%. Agreeing to disagree sometimes, right? Sometimes you have to, I always explain to my clients, like, are you going to be a pencil and it's very rigid and you're going to break eventually under pressure? Or are you going to be more like a pipe cleaner? Flexible, you go with the flow. And and I show that to kids. Yeah, I show that to kids too, to that concept of compromise and flexibility. I was like, look at the pipe cleaner. It's bending. Is it breaking? No. Girl, I'm ready to use that for my people at work. Yeah, or a pencil. And and I literally break pencils. Like, look at this. I'm under pressure. Look what happened. Oh, it's not, but broke. That's what's going to happen to you. If you're so black and white, mm-hmm. you kind of have yeah. to have this flexibility. So you have to be a pipe cleaner for Being a healthy relationship. Oh, I like that, girl. Maybe this should be the title, Pipe Cleaners. <laughs> <laughs> but the next piece is shared responsibility. That's a huge one. I personally didn't want to get married or have kids because in Latino community, the woman is the one that does everything. And we've mm-hmm. had this conversation before about Boy. motherhood and whatnot. But I think, like, shared responsibility is such a big piece to our relationship. For some people, the woman doing everything works. For me specifically, it doesn't. And so the responsibility has to be very 50-50. In raising children, in household chores, in in bills and everything. There are some women that really like the man to pay for every single thing and they don't move a finger. And the man is okay with that. So as long as it's something that they're both... That you're both, and that I said men and women, remember, we're very open, so it doesn't have to be that specifically. Anything. Any partnership that happens, or mono, what is it when it's more than one person? Polygamy. Polygamy, like, whatever that might be. Polyamorous. Yeah, whatever that might be, make sure that there's a shared responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be places that you both enjoy going to, or more than one, more than two um giving as much as you receive that's a big one because a lot of the times shared responsibility is thinking 50 50 but it's also what you bring to the table like you said earlier if you find yourself constantly giving 70 percent and the other person giving 30 you might want to lower your standard to 30 so you both bring 30 and see if that works out and then y'all both missing something (laughs) (laughs) both are missing 40 percent. yeah then Um, there is um there's respect which, I mean, it sounds pretty self-explanatory, but you have to have that respect for a healthy relationship, valuing your partner's opinion, even if it's different from what you feel and believe in your soul and in your at your core, um, hearing what they have to say, listening to understand, like we've been saying. Being present. Being present, spending time with them, right? That's a matter of respect, too. If you're always with the homies or always out with the girls and you're not really giving that quality oh, time to your partner, that. <laughs> The homies. The homies. That comes back to risk or los compas. <laughs> right? Or like if, if you have like your girls over and your guy is at the house and then you start like acting some type of way just to like show off and treating him like crap. Like or her. Yeah, yeah that, that's kind of crappy. Don't do that. Um, the other piece is trust and support. So being supportive, wanting the best for your partner, um, knowing that your partner likes you i know that sounds odd but like part of trusting is feeling loved i trust that you love me if there's some sort of insecurity like oh you a dog 
you're gonna go and talk to <laughs> X, dog. Y, and Z, or blah, 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 then that trust is not there. Trust also has a different level. Like, I'm trusting you with my emotions. Mm-hmm. So, like, trusting that you're not gonna hurt me. I'm being vulnerable. I'm with being you. vulnerable. And so sometimes breaking trust doesn't necessarily mean being cheating cheating or infidelity it just means not being able to take care of me mm-hmm. or take care of my emotions you disrespected me or whatever mm-hmm. um there's also being okay with uh, your partner not being your best friend like I, sometimes that inclusiveness kind of gets like a little bit over the top and you're spending time with your partner 98 of your day which now with the covid i'm pretty sure that's the norm at this point <laughs> But but I think it's very important that we keep in mind that you can't have your world evolve around one person. And so that's a tough one to, to look at because you have to make that conscious choice of like getting other support systems involved. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is honesty and responsibility, which is... Again, what we've been saying about being truthful, being responsible, not making excuses, and not only for your partner, but for yourself, too. Be honest about what you really need, right? Keep your word. Yeah. Reliability. Um, if they're flaking on you, canceling plans all the time, right? Admitting when you're wrong. Tank, taking the L that you've been talking about. But I want to make sure that it's also a, an individual thing, too. If you're not being honest with yourself about your level of happiness in this relationship, then that's already problem number one right there if you're not being honest with yourself so more also um in the relationship right right because if you're not being honest with yourself not you're not really taking any accountability or responsibility of your own self how are you going to take responsibility accountability for someone else Mm -hmm. yeah so what what um what i want to take away with i think this this episode is not as long as the other ones usually are, and it's a lot more lighthearted. But I do want to wrap up with kind of like what does it mean to be in a healthy relationship? And I think what we discussed before we recorded is that growth in your relationship is constantly going to happen. There is a constant change in your partner, in yourself, in life. I think there's this belief that you're going to get married and then it's happily ever after and mm-hmm. you have 500 kids and your kids grow up and you turn 100 years old and everything was peachy. And the reality is, as humans, the norm is to change. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, when we talk about stability, we talk about emotional, economic, physical stability in the sense that you're in the same place physically Mm -hmm. (laughs) but i think as we talk about humans and just how the brain develops there is like something new that your brain learns every year i mean the person that i was last year is definitely not the person that i am now right and and love requires a conscious choice of love continuously Mm -hmm. you have to Wake up every day and be intentional about loving your partner, about wanting to put in the work that it takes to maintain that wheel that we were talking about, all of those different components. Um, it 
and being willing to let go of certain things that you might have been used to when you were single or alone and especially like you were sharing that last week how you've been you were alone for a while and now you find yourself in a relationship but there's a lot of compromises that you're gonna have to make a lot of things that you're gonna have to let go of because it's just it doesn't match this stage of your life right now a lot of relationships take a lot of Mm self-work and a huge part of bringing something into the relationship is doing that Mm self-work is sitting there and figuring out like what are some habits that I'm 100% happy with right now that I'm single that are detrimental to my partner and myself in the relationship um what are some lifestyle choices that I have you know what are some patterns that I've decided to go into like Mm -hmm. isolating is probably not going to be helpful in a relationship Mm -hmm. you know yeah or if you're just so used to being so independent and doing your own thing and your own schedule at your own time now that you now if you're in a relationship you have to be mindful of the other it goes back to that respect piece that we were talking about it's not that you're watch out because I'm not saying ask your partner for permission but it's a, a thing of mutual respect and saying, like, I tell my partner, hey, I'm going to go to Dulce's today. We're going to record, like, hey, heads up, like, Wednesday we're meeting. Just kind of, like, check in. What if your partner was planning something? What if your partner wanted to do something, right? It's that communication. And not, I'm not saying, like, hey, can I go to Dulce's? No. But I'm communicating. Right. And when maybe if I was single, I was so used to, like, eh, get up and leave, get my purse and do whatever the F I want. Now I have to let my significant other know be considerate be considerate of the space if you're used to you know coming over with your friends every week and getting ridiculously trashed maybe that's not something that is gonna work out for your current partner maybe it is maybe both of you are gonna get trashed and it's gonna be happy ending every day but uh for the most part right (laughs) i think it's that communication it's really figuring out If you're constantly finding yourself stuck in this pattern of, I don't like this, I'm not happy, I don't like this, I'm not happy, it really takes a lot of like self-reflection of what is it that I'm not happy about? How Mm -hmm. do I find my happiness? What is it that I have to do to kind of get there? I can't put those responsibilities on my partner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really about taking care of things that make you happy so that you're not putting all that pressure on your significant other. I really do think there is a person for you out there in the world, but both of you have to make the conscious choice of loving each other. To be that person that your partner needs. And and again, not that it's your responsibility, but if that communication is there and they're letting you know and bringing that to the table, that information, they're like doing that dance or where I tell you, hey, I need this, and you're willing to be that pipe cleaner and meet me somewhere in the middle and do that compromise thing, and then I do it for you, then that's that healthy dance in the relationship. I think love is kindness. I think love is patience. I think love is grace. Mm-hmm. And when Not I s- to yourself and your partner. Yes. Mm-hmm. You got to be kind to yourself, patient with yourself through this growth spurs that we're talking about. Graceful to yourself. You, you are supposed to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he, she, they are supposed to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's supposed to be support. There's supposed to be trust. There's supposed to be acknowledgement. There's supposed to be validation. Validation of your own emotions, yeah. 
And you gotta be mindful of all of those things that we're saying, the how wonderful love is and this very complex thing of what is love, how we started. But also understanding that fine line between all of these wonderful things and at what point are you finding yourself falling into that complacent space where you're just continue to compromise and be that pipe like like really flexible pipe cleaner and you're giving up a lot of your own happiness and things just to really hold on to this relationship one of the things that i was reading randomly was about why do people stay Mm -hmm. and complacency is such a big factor to why people stay in a relationship in a relationship there is some sort of satisfaction like, oh, this person's not going to leave me or this person is my safe space. This person I can pretty much come home to and they're going to be there, mm. right? Like I'm, I'm used to their smell. I'm used to their scent. I'm used to who they are. Or that fear of being alone. Right. Mm-hmm. Or I, that fear of I'm not going to find anybody better. Or that fear of investment. If I already invested <laughs> all these years with you, right? I invested all these children with you, I've invested this house with you. Uh I mean, there's even people that have like literally monetary investments, right? right? Mm -hmm. And that divorce means that I'm going to have to, I already spent this time, already spent this effort, already spent this money, already spent this, the best years of my life, Mm -hmm. right? And now it's all going to go down the drain. Like a lot of people are afraid of the loss in that investment, right? It's like a business deal. Like, Dang, like, you literally made me miss the last beautiful five years of my 20s. <laughs> and now here we are, you know? Um, or now I'm no longer at my prime, so I might as well stay. <laughs> right? Like, you love me at my worst, so <laughs> I guess you get to keep my best. <laughs> so we want to we wanna wrap up with that acknowledging that like that difference between being willing to be that pipe cleaner, being willing to put in the work, to compromise, to communicate, to learn how to fight, to learn how to be there for your partner and hold them in a way that they need to be held and have them hold you in a way that you You need need to to be be held held. versus that complacent space where I'm quote unquote settling um, because of that investment piece that we were talking about whether it's monetary and literally like an investment or that fear of the alternatives like "Mm, this is as good as it's gonna get i've seen what's out there there's a lot of fish in the sea but they're all pretty crappy and i don't want to deal with that so i might as well stay with this one that is decent enough right or like better than the last one yeah last three better than of the alternative or this is what i deserve Mm mm-hmm yeah this is what I deserve. I mean, this is as good as it's going to get. This is as it's good as I can it gets for my broken mess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And it's really staying with that, well, is it better to be alone or is it better to be with this person? Yeah. And if the answer is it's better to be alone, uh, maybe you might want to reconsider. Yeah. But I think one of the things I read in that article was that people actually stay majority of the times because of the fear of hurting the other person. Like, if I leave this person, they no longer have another amazing person here. I'm trying know? to do like a ding, 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 ding. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Like, I am so responsible for this person emotion 
that I'm fearful of having to leave. That was the number one reason why people stay. Because if they don't want to hurt the other person. Right. Or, but Or hurt the children. Mm-hmm. I mean, the children is a big one, yeah. People yeah. end up staying in relationships because of children. Um, which, BT dubs, if it's, a, it's, if it's a very unhealthy dynamic, you're doing more harm than good by staying and yeah, modeling that for them. Yeah, but complacency might be stable enough for the children. Right, but again, you're modeling a very toxic pattern for them, which again, you want the whole idea of like a mom and a dad and a whole family and whatnot, but I don't know, just keep an eye on what is or it a truly that they're... a dad and a dad or a mom and a mom. Right, what is it that the message that you're sending at the end of the day? Um, but I think that piece goes back to what we were saying, like that arrogance, like that this person needs me. Like, mm. Right, like again, goes right back. The arrow, the boomerang comes right back to you. Like, where is that distortion coming from that you feel like you're this person needs you? Like, oh, I don't want to leave because of the fear of abandoning them. That's a big old head that you have, and guilty as charged. (laughs) (laughs) But, and so let's really, if you are in a relationship, and you find yourself saying, you know what, I don't think I'm in this horrible, toxic space, but I do find myself in this complacency, or I'm in a place where I'm doing a lot of self-growth, and my partner's not really doing it with me, or, you know, my partner is doing a lot of self-growth, and I'm not catching up to them, right, or... We were great on the first six months, but now we're at a space where I'm not really sure. This is, Guys, part of a healthy relationship is having those tough conversations. Mm-hmm. Hey, I feel we're at a space where we're complacent. What's going on? Do you feel it too? And if your partner says, no, I don't feel it, I feel it, honey. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm in a place where I feel like the spark that we had or the intent or the love is not really there. The intimacy is not there. What do we need to do to get there? Right? Mm. Uh, Because if your needs are not being met, again, needs. If your needs are not being met, not your wants, your needs, are not being met in a relationship, you really need to be honest with your partner about it. Because I think majority of people would want to know if they're not doing their job right or if they're not providing right to their and, partners especially and end, if they deeply love them and at the end of the day is it is it sustainable to stay in this relationship in this way if you don't feel fulfilled and happy right? yeah because everything falls by its own weight and mm-hmm. if your partner is growing and you're kind of staying behind or if you're growing and your partner's staying behind or you're getting to a place where we're complacent then the conversation really shifts into what's going to happen in five years. They're going to outgrow you. Or you're going to outgrow them, or you're just going to continue being unhappy. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, God forbid, cheating happens or something like that. But, you know, complacency really leads to harmful behavior after a while. It does. So, anyways, just kind of keep those things in mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're not trying to romanticize love for you guys because that's <laughs> bullshit. Like, love is a really tough... It really is. Like it's amazing. It. It, it's great and it's amazing and it makes the world go round, like they say. But it takes work. It takes work. It takes a lot of conscious work. Like you have to make a conscious choice. I'm gonna stay with this person, 
-hmm. And sometimes it's not easy. Like sitting there and saying, man, I really don't want to explain to you what you did wrong is valid. And, and this person really has to bring so much to the table for you to sit down and think, all right, I'm gonna deal with this shit. Right. I'm gonna deal with her shit or Mm -hmm. whatever, because we all have shit. Like that's the reality of it. Mm -hmm. Um, but if the person makes you feel like their shit don't stink, then that's a sign that this might be the place where it could turn into a positive thing. Right. And, and literally, guys, therapy is such a good thing. Like, I'm so excited about therapy. I'm ner- low-key nervous. But therapy should be as common as it is to go to a regular doctor visit. Mm-hmm. We said that in mental health, and we're going to continue to normalize the conversation of going to therapy just like i'm excited to go to therapy right now that i'm not in a shitty place Mm -hmm. like i'm going to therapy with the intent of fixing shit that doesn't Mm -hmm. necessarily is in my face making me crazy Mm -hmm. fixing shit yeah yeah so pay attention to that if you notice patterns whether you decide that the work needs to be more individual and then you got to work on your own crap before you choose to bring it to the table when it comes to the relationship and that communication then do that if you've been married for 20 years 30 years and you're at a stage where you're like i've been complacent for the last five years and i'm not happy and you want to visit therapy to see the good news like we go said go ahead with your bad self the brain is fluent fluid flexible it can grow it can change nothing is set in stone we're little pipe pipe cleaners. Let's be pipe cleaners. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> so thank you guys for listening today. Hope this was a good conversation for you as a follow-up to our last episode about the red flags. Now you kind of know where to go from. Green flags. Yeah. After noticing those red flags. But let us know what you want to hear. <laughs> Give us your feedback. Rate us, please, on iTunes if you haven't. That help our that helps our podcast be more available and, and come up there in the list of suggestions for people, the more reviews that we have. So help us out with that. We appreciate our loyal listeners. Six listeners. You know who you are. <laughs> Shout out to you. Thank you, guys, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. We hope this was the start of the conversation for you and know that you're not alone in whatever journey you're walking. We know these discussions might bring up some challenging emotions or thoughts. So please remember that although this is a safe space to start your healing process, it is not meant as a replacement for therapy. So please reach out and seek professional help. You're not alone. Don't be scared to sit with your elephant on the couch. Until next time.